0: Welcome back to the Tim Bomb Show. This is episode 72 of the program. It's good to be joining you back. It's been a long week for me, man. It's not been that long. The week actually hasn't been that long, man, because time is going faster and faster as we age, man. Time's going by pretty fast. Actually, I was like, it went by fast, and I know, like, I was dreading how long I would have to wait how long I had until I had to record another one of these podcasts? I was like, "Okay, it's only Sunday. We got many more days that we don't have to worry about." See, I don't, I don't have the ability to do this, part- this podcast very often. Once a week is too often, sometimes. So I had to take a day delay to get this episode going. Last night would have been the time that I would have normally operated the podcast recording on. But I was not feeling good. I was not feeling up to it, man. I was on a new stimulant. And I wasn't stimulated enough from that stimulant. wasn't a good enough stimulant for me. I need a lot of different kinds of stimulants. Amphetamines, caffeine, methamphetamine. That's also an amphetamine. Meth, methamphetamine is just another kind of amphetamine. It's the best one. It's a methyl group, it has a methyl group in it. We'll get more into that later, man. Let's start off on a not. Let's not start the episode on meth. I mean, sure you could be on meth, but you have to talk about it. You have to talk about it. The fact that the that you're on it so often, man. Just let's ease into it. Let's like let's start on an easier subject. Okay. We're gonna start on the sober update. How's that going? How's that going? Well, I'll be honest. I'll be. I, I got this. This is a self improvement podcast. Uh, it's the Tim Weichselbaum show. I don't know. I, I assume I mentioned that at the very beginning when I was just trying to like figure out if like, I'm still new at this. I'm still new at talking to a camera today haven't done it in a a week and it doesn't come natural, man. It ain't coming natural right now. Like I'm yelling. I have to, I feel like I have to yell to reach, which is stupid. I don't, I don't have to yell, but this this microphone is like far away from me. Look how far away it is. I'm not comfortable with that, man. (laughs) It's like, it looks like so far away. So, but it's, it's, it's picking me up. I'm a, i am I know what I'm doing. I tested it. I tested it. It, it brings up the lows. If I'm talking quiet, you could still hear me. So I could talk soothing and quiet, but I'm looking at the waveform. And it's tiny. The waveform is tiny. So I'm relying on digital gain. I want I want analog gain. Analog gain, man. Boomers had it right with that analog, man. Boomers analog is better with it than digital, man. Analog gain. So that's why I'm yelling. Cause that's like analog gain that's like acoustics but we're not going to put the mic any closer to my face because i like how it's far away it just looks cool that it's like far away because then it's like whoa man the mic's so far away but i can still hear him. how's that well that's the whole point of why i got this studio equipment behind. like that's why i designed this studio to have all this like acoustic paneling all, all all over the walls, it's so that you could put a microphone far away, and it still picks up. Uh, you could turn up the gain on the mic input, on the preamp, and you could still hear me as if I'm talking close up to it because the room is treated, so you don't hear the room as much. You don't hear like all the sh- all the sound bouncing off the walls that's the whole point of why i spent thousands of dollars just so i could put the mic a little farther away from my face isn't that cool man you might you don't even really need the mic man like you need a mic but like these days like you don't really need a good mic but this mic is the thing i'm like it's not a fake mic I'm not using anything. This is the only input for my voice. There's no backup mic. Anyway, that was... A, audiophilia is something I'm sexually attracted to. I'm, a, I'm sexually attracted to audio fidelity. Fidelity, I'm a geezer. I'm an old man, man. Old men like that kind of stuff. It's usually old men. But, yeah, now young people get into it, but they've just... It, it ages you very quickly if you're into that type of crap. If you're into like audiophilia. never gets old. But like the people that like it get old. But and they, it's one of my hobbies, man. It's an expensive hobby, dude. It's an, exp- you could it's a it's it drains your bank account buying like nice microphones. This is not a very nice mic. This microphone does the job. It's a two hundred ish dollar microphone two sixty I think is how much I spent on this little cute little microphone. It's not a famous microphone, and that's fine. It's not about pretentious equipment, it's about what it sounds like and it's modeled after a famous microphone after the u forty eight the Neumann U forty eight or U forty seven, I don't know one of those, they look this they're pretty much the same to me. I don't know the difference. It's a that's a vintage mic that they don't make anymore. That's what this is modeled after. It has the same like in like the schema. But anyway, I like I think it's a good quality microphone for 260, a lot of bang for buck. That is that's reasonable. That's not even that crazy. The other microphone that I was using for most of this podcast is more than that, like 350. I spent on that that Shure SM7B, but I got bored of the way it sounds. Like it, it's it just it's this huge microphone that it, it looks like it's this big black microphone that looks ugly. It's not the most sexy looking microphone. I like the grill. I like the condenser mics. So we switched. To, we just want. I just wanted to change it up, man. Uh, but the the Shure. The SM50, whatever, SM7B, it got, I got, also got tired of the, the quality, the actual sound quality. It has a, it just sounds flat. Like it does the job, that's why people use them, but like once you get used to the way they sound, it's not as lively as a condenser mic would be. That's a dynamic mic. Uh, it's it's It just has this kind of like flatness to it. That I got, I got bored of it, man. I wanted something more sensitive and lively to pick up even more of my faults, man, it, my imperfections, my the clicking, the the saliva. I wanted to pick up more of my mouth sounds, the unappealing part of it. Anyway, and I'm not that. And then there's the post-production. Then there's the signal chain that that compresses it and brings up the lows. Okay, this is boring. I get it. It's boring, but I'm not using a deesser, so it's picking up all the s sounds. I tried using a deesser. It's like, eh, what's the difference? Is there real? Is it really necessary? Yeah, probably. If you really once you okay, but that's something I haven't gotten expertized on. I'm not really good at like eqing. You know, like, come on, does it have to be perfect? No. But but once you learn about anything that goes into this, once you know how much better it is, when you do know about DSing and EQing and compression, then you have to do it for everything you do going forward for the rest of your life. That's just how it works. For anything that I figure out, it's like, okay, now I have to do that for every single podcast I ever do. Or I'm going to be like, well, what am I doing? That's just how it is. Most people, are, other people are like that. People that are into that type of stuff that learn about it. They go, oh, you, you got to use a compressor, man. What are you doing? You got to limit. Use a limiter, man. You didn't master. You didn't, you didn't level or you, you didn't normalize your audio. Like some of this stuff is like super basic. Some of it a little more nuanced. The lighting, I'm still obsessed with. With the lighting, not enough. I don't want to spend more money on lighting. I just want to figure out the right angles and in colors and like I'm still messing with. This is still the color of my skin, and I can't. The lighting that I have just makes me look how I am. It just makes me look yellow or white or pale, pasty. I want to look tan, man, but I I I'd have to get a different light. like that light that's coming from this direction I could make yellow or tan I could make it orange like I I could make myself look like Donald Trump with that light but then maybe next episode I'll try switching it up that's the more powerful one that one's like way farther away that was like four feet away from me five feet it's like far away it's pretty far Anyway, I don't like the... It's another hang-up. That's an insecurity that comes out whenever I turn on these lights and turn on the cam. It's like, dude, you need to get more sun, man. You need to get a spray tan. Get a spray tan, man, because then it'll give you confidence. That's it. It's worth the money, man. Do we have to go on a tangent? Like, part of this is like, Part of everything I do, I need confidence to do it. I don't like leaving the house without confidence because I'm just gonna be like, "Ugh," and I'm gonna come back feeling bad, worse about myself. And like, you don't—that's what's the point of going out if you're gonna feel worse for doing it? So the point of getting a spray tan is—it's—it's it's probably I don't know—it probably costs like easily at least a hundred bucks. To get a woman that's that's not afraid to do it to spray tan a dude that's creepy to them they don't want to do that so it, so it would cost a lot of money man it's pretty much like that's where that's where most of the money goes towards is is them being comfortable like looking past the trauma of sp- but anyway, once I get the spray tan I'll become so much more confident I'll just be easier to be around it's not shallow i don't care what other people see if they see a guy oh he's tan he got a spray tan it's not even a real tan what a douchebag like that doesn't really you're not getting the point man it's like it's not just a like to it's it is sure i look like if you really knew me well you wouldn't judge me because you'd be like oh He's insecure. Like, okay, people would still judge me, but I'm trying to say, oh, okay, that's my pill. That's my pill alarm. So let's get back to let's get back on track. Let's get back on track. You're you're going. You're bouncing off the walls, man. You're you're all caffeinated up. You all you're all roided up, man. You're on you're on testosterone. I'm not on testosterone. Natural. I'm I'm not taking external. Testosterone—that I would consider it, probably not necessary at this point. i pretty, you know. Anyway, sober update. I'm a hundred. I'm—I st- don't know. I'm two. I'm a year and a half sober from alcohol. I do think about going back to that one, but then I—I I have these things that stop me from doing it. Um, I'm not going back to it, but I, I'm starting. To, it's been a, enough time where. I'm starting to romanticize drinking because it was so much more because it makes you have fun. But then you got to worry about, you know, driving home and then the next day you feel bad, not just physically, not just the hangover. I sleep through that anyway. Who cares about the hangover? I was very good at not having problems with that. The hangover. Um, But anyway, I am a year and a half sober from that and we're not, yeah, and we're just going to, Keep going, man. Because um, if I fail, then all the people listening that look up, that like use me as like a sponsor, that have like a uh, parasocial relationship with me, they will be like, well, if he's off the wagon, I'm going to go off the Because this is a sober... Anyway, that's what one of the things about this is, is like being uh, self-improvement. Sobriety is under the umbrella of that. We're trying to go up in, in improve. We're trying to like improve the quality of our personality of our, of our lives. We're trying, it's not just internal how we feel. It's how other people see us and how other people, because if you're drunk, other people will probably have a better time around you. If you're just that sober guy, who's like miserable, people are going to be like, oh, they're not going to want they're going to be like, okay next give me somebody else to talk to that's not a drag yeah so anyway there's many there's, there's a myriad reasons why people like alcohol i was really good at liking it i really liked it i was good at that part i could talk about alcohol for a long time wow um so, and then there's weed i'm off weed i i quit that pretty much you know i'm done with that man that was a i don't that one, I just grew out of. I, uh, I don't think, I don't know, man. It had benefits, man. Like it was a great end of the day thing to do, but it was, is, I was addicted to it. I needed to do it at the very beginning of the day, man. You know, it's really not that bad of a drug, if you're doing it in moderation. In a with a modicum. Of moderation. if you're just using it as a lifesaver, if you're using it all, you know, this, as soon as you kind of get your day going, that's where it kind of got kind of like, okay, this is not, it, it doesn't uh, lead to where I want it to be. It was not killing, it was not the worst thing. Like I'm saying, like, you know, like I was still achieving For a little while, I was able to still achieve some things on weed, even when I was smoking all day. But it didn't really feel like I was. It didn't feel like it, man. Like, it just felt, everything felt kind of numb and meaningless at the end of the day. Because it just kind of numbs you and makes everything feel dull. So fuck weed, you know, like it, it gives you that jolt of, of dopamine and, and it makes you really, it's really good for getting started on tasks, but that's not finishing them. Horrible drug for finishing tasks. Great for getting started on them or getting things done that you've been putting off like procrastinating, but then you'll, you probably won't finish. That's what's good about it. Is that it's a good starter for getting monotonous tasks done because of that surge of good? It just makes you want to get hyper focused on one boring task. It just makes it so exciting. Be like, oh, let's! I'm gonna sweep this. Uh, anyway, I gotta take a pill. I I take many pills. I'm a pill popper, but this one is not a bad one. That was this one's not a controversial one. It's just for epilepsy. I have to, I I kind of have to take it. It's not very debatable. Like if I should take that one, people don't really give me a lot of flack for taking anti-epileptics. People just go, "Oh, what pill is that that you're taking?" And I just go, "It's a boring pill." You don't want to know. And then if I tell them that it's for epilepsy, I feel like they just go, oh, okay. And then I just like, I just feel like I just told them something that's personal. And it's like, you didn't need to know that I have epilepsy. All you were asking was if it was like ecstasy or some shh. And I'm like, and it's like, so I didn't, I don't need to say what it is. I don't like revealing things that's personal and they just go, oh, okay. Like if it's not, if it's, (laughs) It's no, but if they're, if it's not your, their business, man. It's not your business what pill I'm taking, man. Like, <laughs> like when I take fun pills, I usually hide it. I wouldn't just take it in front of somebody. Anyway, that's when I don't have any shame. Nobody, nobody has shamed me for taking uh, epilepsy drugs, and that's why I take them on the podcast. I wouldn't take like uh of, of like a, uh, adderall on a, on this <laughs> i wouldn't just pop adderall because that one's way more controversial that one is way more debatable if if you should <laughs> you know so but i don't really want to anyway what were we talking about sober updates so we were talking about weed and how i kicked that to the curb and I, and i i'm telling you about the benefits of it how it's great for getting started. Like if you have to pay your taxes, it'll give you this jolt of anxiety of like, what the hell am I doing? Pay the damn taxes. And then it makes it actually kind of fun to comb through every little step that you have to get through. It's like, okay, I got to get all these, I got to comb through every little file to get through and make sure I'm doing it right and get all the deductions. It hurts to pay it, it always sucks to pay taxes anyway but then and then you pay it and it's like okay what's and then you feel kind of good about yourself you could finish a task on weed i finished thousands of tasks on weed but you got to keep redosing, and you have to tell yourself come on stop going down these rabbit holes and tangents it's really tough to finish a task on weed because you'll keep like judging is this the right way to do it it could be better it could be more perfect there's a more perfect way to do it and then it once it fades off uh you'll be like it's not there's no point in doing it at all you just <laughs> there's no point in this at all uh i'm trying not to be too dark uh on this podcast but anyway so weed it has an arc it has like a, you get this rush of anxiety and willpower to so be like, okay, do it now. And it's exciting. It makes boring stuff exciting. So if you do have to do your taxes in your, you know, don't, whatever. Weed is not the worst thing if you have a tolerance to it. And if you have ADHD, if you have what I have, it's not for everybody. Some people just zone out and it's like, whoa, I can't do my taxes. on Are you crazy? Uh I can. I did a lot of things on Weed that are very, like, mathematical. You know, you mess up all the time. You push code to the live server and you lose thousands of dollars for a bug that obviously, you know, that happens. Especially on Weed. Your short-term memory is horrible on Weed. But that's the price you pay. Because without Weed, I wouldn't want to be doing it at all. I'd be like, you I don't want to be a fucking programmer. But weed <laughs> makes arbitrary work very fun, man. Programming becomes fun on weed, man. That's when you could actually dig into the really like, oh man, we got to refactor this whole. <laughs> it just makes that more fun. But anyway, but you, then you push bugs and it costs thousands, not millions. Thankfully, I haven't lost millions on a, on a bug that's only because I don't have enough power to do that. I don't work for corporations. I'm self-employed. Anyway, I'm not a programmer anymore. I'm not even a programmer. I'm I'm a podcaster, and that's why I have a lot of anxiety. Because I'm not making that programmer money anymore, man. Dude, those were good money times. I didn't know how to invest it. I did a horrible job when it came to investing my finances from my salary, my uh wage. <sighs> and I wasn't creatively uh, fulfilled at all. This thing this is my job. This gives me some creative fulfillment zero money though so that's why like I'm still it's super I may I, I gotta figure out a way to make money from this and like if you're like not likable of a person and you're the product and nobody likes it and you're the product that hurts a lot but also it doesn't you're not gonna get paid at all if zero like even Andrew Tate some people like him so you have to be really unlikable. But anyway, I think that's not the problem. I just have to like, figure out a way to uh, market it and just in- improve the quality of it, which I don't know if that's ever going to happen, but it might. Let's be positive. Let's be a little more optimistic. I think the quality will go up as I grow and use more outside content. Like, inner, like I'm going to have a hotline. I'm going to do what Theo Vaughn does, uh, which, you know, maybe not because it's very unoriginal. Just copying what he does with his hotline. He has a hotline. So Okay, but is that really... A, I don't know. I, I do kind of still want to do it, but that is not good to just copy somebody else's idea. So maybe not. I'll think of a way to make it my own version of that, something original, because I don't want to do so. I, this is, um, it's, I'd rather be bad and original than, uh, than a worse version of something that's good. So like, it would still be bad. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody has their own way of making things funny or entertaining. Theo has a specific way that he like, whatever, money is a huge concern for anxiety it's a catalyst for anxiety if you're making money positive cash flow that's a huge f- f- keyword on recent podcasts of the i'm a i'm very let's just finish the sober update then we'll go on to like financial stuff which is a you know that could also i could talk about that in, for a long time Sober update. I'm very bad at getting through that. I'm still doing a lot of mushrooms. Uh, it's really weird. It's a weird thing to be doing like almost every day. I guess I don't like talking about this, man. I don't like to, I don't like talking about the fucking substances that I'm taking, man. Because there's a lot. It's it's still a decent amount, man. But I'm on a train, <laughs> and then the and then the Adderall, the ADHD meds. It's another thing that I'm anxious like uh, that I'm kind of like not really in the mood to talk about you know it's like do I really want to talk about that bro and i don't I don't really feel like I need it man like um not today today I didn't really feel like I needed uh those uh the the stimulants, but I need the coffee certainly it helps. So I okay. Let's rein it in. Of course I need stimulants, but like that wasn't the whole issue, man. There's other issues. So the sober update, I'm still completely sober from like everything that I care about. Mushrooms doesn't count. That's not in my program to not take mushrooms. They they uh they have positive qualities to them and they get you inebriated kind of like not really intoxicated cuz you're it's such a introspective thing your brain doesn't shut off and paired with the the Adderall and the whatever meds I'm on for uh ADHD it really is a weird it magnifies the mushroom experience because you become hyper fixated on just one thing, man. You can just stare at something. You know, you can just get so hyper focused on the mush, and then the mushrooms kick in. And it like today, when I also took mushrooms, I'm sorry, that this is such a drug. <laughs> this podcast is so about drugs. Well, I got news for you. I kind of am a drug guy I'm kind of a druggie you know and some if somebody calls me that that could be like judge I, I could take that the wrong way of course because but I'm owning up I, own, I I'm owning up to it I'm owning the fact that I'm an addict I have an addictive personality and I am currently using some mind-altering substances pretty much on a daily basis I considered not taking mushrooms again today. There's usually a reason I do them. If I have nothing to do, if I have, like, and if I don't have to be at my best, then I don't take them. But today I had to be at my best. This is an example of me at my best. Yesterday I also had to take them. (laughs) Yesterday I had to do a show it turns out i didn't have to do the show it got canceled it got rained out cuz it was outdoors but i was uh, you know i was kind of looking forward to it also very anxious about it and i was like well you got to take mushrooms of course you're going to of course you're going to take mushrooms the question is how much so i took the right amount it was great i uh, <laughs> I'm getting pretty good at taking these these things. Uh but I, you, you always got to ride the line. You, the second you take too much, it's horrible. It's like, okay, I don't like this. <laughs> I don't like what it's telling me. I don't like this weird fuck this over encompassing feeling of like doom and like how like oh man, you're just a little tiny you're going to die soon or something. You're going to die Even if it's 40 years from now, that's still not that long. So, it just reminds you of all your... It's very, like, not fun. As much as I think it's going to be fun, it's never... When you take just a, a hair more than you want. The psychedelic experience, for me at least, it's not like a fun drug. That's why it's not really that addicting. Like, once you've had enough, you've had way more than you need but then why do i keep doing it every day then well because a light dose is pretty fun it becomes blissful (sighs) so it's complicated so i still do mushrooms (laughs) so i still do mushrooms all the time and i don't see my you know i might see the reason i do is because i have to i need them i'm getting something out of them I it, it does improve my mood. It gives me the serotonin. It makes me, gives me the self love. It kicks off a cascade of better behavior. It it does. I'm sorry. It makes you actually realize the importance of taking care of yourself. Like why you should actually care about things that matter instead of just knowing it in the uh, back, of the, you know, in a, it just makes life more real, man, and it puts you in the present. Like, I'm sorry, but I'm gonna keep doing them. For now, because I'm not mentally well, and I I do research on this stuff. All I research, like, wh- is there any, is it okay to do mushrooms like every day, and some people, and and, they, and you don't really get much. You don't really get like a lot of information on this cuz most people don't do that. Most people don't do it. they don't take mushrooms every day. They have a job, they don't they just don't have access to the they don't want to. That's the biggest reason is they don't want to. If you're crazy enough to where you want to do mushrooms every day, something is very wrong with you. And That still doesn't mean it's a necessarily bad thing to take them every day. Because that's really, there's worse things you could be doing every day. So if, like, everybody that I've read about that also does this, it's temporary. They don't do it for years and years. They just do it until it gets old. And they also usually have a background for being addicted to other drugs. So... I'll get through it. It's something that is giving me positive benefits. I'll know when it's enough and there's like I said, it's re- there's really not really any unhealthy downside. Like I don't really notice any downsides other than the like I feel like I'm dependent on this other drug now. I feel like I'm kind of dependent on it. <laughs> I'm using them as a crutch to get me to get that serotonin to get me into the right mood to where I could be extroverted and enjoy the rest of the day. Ah, so it is, you know, I am using it as like a crutch. I guess as kind of a medicine and also for recreation. But obviously i'm being honest i i I have nothing to i'm I'm not lying i um I know that there there's something seriously wrong with me that I have to be taking mushrooms every day or that at least I want to that i that I think about it like pretty much every day how much am i going to take today and I don't really have a tolerance the tolerance thing is not a problem because i I just don't have that. I don't have a to- I, I could take them every day and they stay work. I, I haven't really built up a tolerance to them because I, uh, so anyway, that's enough about mushrooms. You know, it's a big topper. Everybody's doing mushrooms these days. They're, they're very in style and it's fine to be in style, man, as long as it's your style. I like that. Anyway, like anytime I take even a small dose of, mu- it always like makes me feel like clever like, it makes me feel like, oh, that's a good... That's clever. Okay, so let's get over the sober update. So I'm still sober. That, like, I'm sorry, maybe not. But according to my program, I am still sober because mushrooms, they're not something I'm trying to be sober from. It's maybe in the future, I'll have to swear off mushrooms. That's, that's not really something you have to do that with. <laughs> you don't really get a they're not that addictive, man, like, okay, right now they are, but once I find something else that's healthy, maybe I won't have to do the mushroom, I don't know, man, I just think it's fine, even if I still do them as often as I'm doing them, like, Joe Rogan does them pretty often, and look how he's doing, I have a feeling that, like, it's improving my life and my personality, so, like, there really isn't that many negatives of doing them that often. Like I'm not, uh, my mental health is not really getting worse by doing them. It really isn't. I don't have lingering effects like that HPPD and I'm not doing other ones. I'm not doing acid. I'm not. I know that that I don't have any desire to do because it because la- it's super easy to overdose. <laughs> that one, forget about that one. Mushrooms. I'm getting it so down to a, a science. I know pretty much what each dose is gonna do to me, man. And I always like think it out very deeply before taking them I don't just go you f- screw it let me just take another two 200 milligram yeah boom let me just take half a gram no I know what I'm in for and, you know so anyway it's improving my life so that's not one that you really even if I never stopped doing them you're still your brain is on the whole time all you're doing is kind of like opening up your mind So even if I, it's like, it's like coffee, people get addicted to coffee, but it's not really destructive. Like, yeah, it is, but there's benefits. The benefits outweigh the negatives. Oh, you're cranky. Like, yeah, it makes you more cranky when you're not on coffee, makes you irritable. That's anything. That's any stimulant. So you could, and that, and that's, uh. One like nobody really goes to AA for coffee. So anyway, that's what mushrooms are and but if um I don't know, people should take more of them. Like if like I think it's good that I'm subjecting myself to the discomfort of mushrooms because it is a very disconcerting it's not like fun. It's only fun <laughs> when they're when you're past the hump or when you're when there's first coming on and you're like ready for it and you're you're in a good mood it is pretty awesome like sometimes you don't get anxiety actually sometimes it's just the perfect dose and you're having a good your mood is in the right place where it it actually just feels like nirvana it just feels amazing like giddiness you just get this nice soft cuddly feeling and then you just kind of zone out, like you, you get like not zoned out, but this mushroomy feeling that's distinct and you get like happy. You go like, oh, yep, these are mushrooms. It's like this familiar feeling that you never re- quite can pinpoint what it's like, even if you do it every day. It's like, oh, yeah, that's what it is. It's this like silly, like this mushy, like malleable okay it's a great drug but then there's the if you take just a slight more than you're comfortable with it does get really dark and like heavy and like oh this why do i have to do this so often? why do i do this to myself and yeah and then you just you get caught in these negative thought loops of like what is this anyway But that's part of it, like the fact that I'm subjecting myself to that like slippery slope of like, I always come out of it uh, feeling better. It always ends up uh, making the the rest of the day feel positive. Anyway, so who cares if I'm addicted to that because... Just don't drive. Just don't get into a car. Don't do anything. Don't operate heavy machinery. It's not something... It, it is like... It matters. You, sh- you shouldn't take it lightly. So I don't... When I say who cares, I don't mean there's no like possibility for harm. There's a huge possibility for harm. <laughs> but right now... It just takes maturity and like like it takes being an adult because you'll get slapped in the face if you don't respect them or whatever. whatever. We talked about that, respecting the substance, but also respecting yourself. Okay, we spent enough time on that. So I am sober as hell. I'm sober. Not completely. Because I'm not like not relying on any substance to get where I'm at, to feel healthy i'm still relying on psychoactive substances so it's you know there's always that asterisk there's always that caveat you know coffee is super psychoactive it makes it's like it's like it gives you this adrenaline and it's fun it's good for creativity uh so i don't know man you just have to balance the harm the benefits versus the, like, you know, because coffee, it leaves, I don't like the fact that it stains my teeth. And how, if irritability and then the coffee breath, so people, I just am looking at how other people, like a kid, how they would see some dude, some old guy in his 30s, because when you're like 10 or whatever, 8, somebody in their 30s is like old. That's like an old adult. And you see their chest hair and you see their nose hair and the coffee breath and the stained teeth and you see that they're irritable. That concoction is going to not, they're going to not have a good memory of you. If that's all it is, just irritability, bad breath, chest hair, sweatiness. If they just know you as this, this, this like druggy, as, like, this negative guy. They will only remember you as like, ugh, I was old and did a bunch of coffee. Now I don't want to do coffee. And I want other people to do coffee, man. Coffee's pretty good. So I'm very, uh... I'm very, like, critical. I'm very, like... I'm trying to improve my personality, man. I don't want to just be like, ugh, ugh like cursing all the time. Like just being a bad example to my kids. Uh, if I had, like... Let's say I had kids, but it doesn't matter. You don't have to have kids to to become a to be the best version of yourself. It doesn't take until you have kids, and even then, it doesn't always kick in. It it even then, you're still gonna you gotta make the decision for yourself to be a better person, to actually be sensitive to how other people might perceive you before the behavior happens don't course correct just stay in line before you even say the wrong thing or, or do a thing that hurts somebody just be aware from the beginning before you even do it and that's what empathy is i have a little thing called empathy but you know but i got to care about myself before i can help other people like that's why this that, that's what this that's why like i have to be in the right temperament i want this i want i want to i do want to improve other people's existence man i I don't want you know i don't want to just be a sap and like you know just uh like just you know suck all the energy out of the room i want to add rainbows and lightness to the room i don't want to just be a negative nancy So for me to do that, I have to figure out what's wrong with me. I have to be in a good mood. And that has been the struggle. So we're done with the sober update. (laughs) We're still sober and we're not happy. My mood is is, uh, pretty low. Right now, it's actually not that bad. I'd give it like a 60% for today. That's pretty good considering how it was the day before. So let's get into the sober update done. How long we've we been recording? Okay, so I know that we've already been recording for like 45 minutes. But hey, sometimes I I it takes me a while to get warmed up. So anyway, the sober update, yeah. I'm happy with where i'm at i'm losing weight i'm trying to get another thing binge eating food using food as a drug of course i've, I've talked of course i'm a food addict and pe and the people go oh you you're not you're not fat you're not, you're not like a food addict that's so dramatic oh you're a food yeah because i purge yeah i know i'm not fat because i purge That's part of what it is. That's part of being a binge eater. It's like, we do it because we have to, because it feels good, because it tastes good, and it makes you feel great afterwards, the fullness, and then it's like, oh, yeah, I'm such a piece of shit, and then the shame kicks in. You catch yourself in the mirror. You catch yourself looking thick, and then the shame, and then you purge. So yeah, you could be a food addict and not be overweight. I mean what is what is what is anorexia? People with anorexia they purge. <laughs> I don't know if they're, they're not food addicts. That's the difference between binge eating disorder and anorexics, they don't necessarily they're not like addicted to food, I don't think. They're like they have this self-image problem. It's not I don't know if they're addicted to food. But they definitely purge, right? They definitely like try to limit their intake of food, so they have that in common with binge eaters, binge eaters. yeah, they're the ones that are addicted to food, man? Uh, but then they also they purge because't they don't, they don't like the, the the overweight part. Their self-image is ma- it's like it's still important to them. So that's what food addiction is. If you're just a food addict, you just love food, but there's no like shame in the fatness in the getting fat part that's not i don't think that's binge eating disorder that's just like gluttony that's just like okay i don't know i'm not an expert um but that's what i am i'm the category i have the symptoms of binge eating disorder i i don't i haven't i don't know i'm not super well versed in it but purging is part of it so you could be uh not super overweight, and still be a food addict. And it's, that sucks, man, because you got to let the tiger out of the cage every day, pretty much, unless you fast. Fasting is a form of purging. I fast, man, that's how I, I fast. I love fasting, but for other reasons, not just for the purging, but it does help with my self image my self confidence because if i know that i've been fasting a certain time it's like okay i don't feel the food in my stomach and i don't feel my gut hanging out so it helps with the self confidence same with the state the body tan the spray tan it's i'm that sensitive to things like that that might seem shallow for like it might seem like superficial it's like really like because not everybody has that problem. Ain't it? Some people could be perfectly fine being overweight. It doesn't affect their self-confidence at all. I don't know if you've seen these people. They're called Walmart shoppers. Because obviously if I was over... I couldn't go to Walmart, be seen at Walmart. Just being seen there at all is already pretty sh- shameful. But to be seen there also overweight at Walmart you don't have my the same problems as me you clearly don't have shame and I'm not saying there's anything even wrong with that being a little bit overweight and going to Walmart I don't care I don't really judge other people I mean okay I do of course I do a little bit but I'm just saying I don't, it's not the worst thing of the, it's not like a deal breaker if somebody's like, a <laughs> Maybe it is I would at least be uh friendly like I'd be friendly to these people, but I, I probably wouldn't let them in my inner circle or date one. I definitely want to date a Walmart shopper that's overweight, especially, but even just a wall, just even like a girl she'd have to be like super hot. I, don't, I I just feel like just being a Walmart shopper. Like sure there's something in like endearing about it. So maybe I could look past it. But it's like you probably don't have your health in order. Like you probably don't have your priorities in order. You're probably like not taking care of yourself. But I like that innocence. I like the innocence of like a woman that goes to Walmart. That's something i could certainly look past it just isn't a good sign of like mental capacity like intellect you know it's just a sign that like maybe she's not gonna be the sharpest tool in the shed so you know not maybe not wife material like maybe not uh mother material because come on at least go to aldi And I am being serious. I'm not even... This is not even, like, a joke. It's not funny to say this. To be like, oh, you wouldn't date a Walmart shopper? That's very, like, douchebaggy, contentious. Like, that's very, like, me. That's, like, like uh <laughs> elitist. But it's not really that elite. It's, like, come on. There's better options than Walmart... And it's just like, it's not the fact that it's Walmart. I would buy something from Walmart out of convenience. It's it's if you kind of go there like all the time. If you go there all the time, it's just, it's not the fact that you go to Walmart that's the problem. It's the fact that that that's just a sign. There's a correlation that if you do go to Walmart... You're probably just not the sharpest tool in the shed. That's all. So that's just it's just a stereotype. It's just something that shows. And I'm not wrong here. There's a correlation. You're probably not that smart. So that's why. I, 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 and I like smart. way I like smart people. I want to date a smart person. I want to be like, whoa, that was pretty. That was smart. That was pre- shit. I don't have. I, that was clever. I don't want to just date somebody... That's like everything they say... I have the same reaction... Which is like... Why would you say that? Did you really? That's what you said? That's what your brain is doing? That's who I'm dating? So no... I'm not an elitist... I just have... I just want to be around somebody... That's actually going to make me go... Oh that's fucking... That's smart... You know like... Yeah... I just date somebody to just say that just everything they say is dumber than anything I would ever say. Like the smartest thing they say is still something I would be like, "Yeah, no shit." So sorry, I have high intellectual standards. I, uh, I'm not a dumb guy. I sound dumb. I say dumb things probably like very often but then I go oh that was dumb I'm not all not that dumb I'm sorry I'm just, I just I know that it sounds bad so anyway I like smart women I have high standards for women I do I I that's why I'm single. It's not. It's because it's out of choice, and because I can't afford it. I can't afford it, man. I'm very. My budget is super tight. I spent all my money on the equipment surrounding me, and I I don't have any. I don't have really have any room, budget wise, for more expenses. I'm really. I gotta lean. I'm living lean. Anytime I buy anything, I go, is it really necessary? So I'm down to uh ramen noodles, man. Like that's, that'd be horrible. Those things get, make you fat. Anyway, I am so yeah, I messed up. So I think we're done with the whatever I was talking about with Walmart and obese, you know, binge eating, fasting, because food is really expensive right now, man. Like food, especially if you get it delivered. If you get all your food delivered, there's always a convenience charge. So I'm losing, you know, my my uh, expenditures on food are astronomical. Uh. So that's pretty much my biggest expense right now probably is food, you know. Jesus, so so I screwed up, so finances, you know, it's not that I screwed up that bad, because it's just that I'm not making money, I'm not making any money, and so I gotta get serious, I gotta get serious about this podcast, like, even more serious, I already take this pretty serious, but I, I gotta get even more serious, like, Joe Rogan, he's, like, probably my biggest, uh, influence for, uh, podcast a lot like a lot of things like lifestyle like you know but uh he his podcast even when it very first started the reason it's so successful one of the reasons not just because he was the first to do it he wasn't the first to do it he took it seriously he took it super seriously like he didn't even like like when people did jokes on the podcast he doesn't even do jokes on his podcast he just go he just gets hyper focused. He's going, "Wait, what'd you say? You're trying to make a joke on my podcast? I take this seriously." He takes that as an affront. Now, nah, he is a serious, he takes shit serious. Like when he blogged, he used to have a blog like in the 2000s, he took that seriously. He takes life seriously, man. So I don't know what's going on. Like he look he 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 has a non-serious side, and people certainly would think that he's like a like a dumb guy and he would call himself dumb but that doesn't mean he doesn't take shit it's serious business to him so that's how i gotta look at this man this podcast is not just something i'm just like phoning in i take this serious as a heart attack so eventually i have to be serious about monetization and I don't know how I'm gonna do that, man. Like I don't know Patreon, but then then what? What am I providing extra on the Patreon? And then you gotta give them extra content. What would that even be? So I don't know. I gotta think of that because of you know can't just rely on. And there's nothing. There's no income from this, but i don't know i think it's possible if i stop like making mouths and whatever if i like actually uh take keep take i gotta take it even more seriously because if you take it seriously maybe the quality of content will get better anyway well i i'm still not even done with like <laughs> with like half of the updates for just on how bad i'm doing let alone anything that's going on in the external world. Like, I don't give a crap about the news. Like, what's going on outside? I don't care. How do I... I can't even get into other people's drama if I'm not done with my own struggles, my own problems. I got my own problems, and they're not that interesting. So to be interesting, I got to make those... I got to, like, get better at... Okay, let's do a couple more. Okay, we're already an hour in. Jesus Christ, this was a terrible. This is a long, this is a lot of nothing. This episode was a lot of nothing. That usually bugs me when that happens. And then I get anxious about going longer. Okay, confidence. Why don't I have that? I've been doing this 72 times. I'm still like super hard on myself when it comes down to like, oh, you're it's not interesting. It's like, then be interested in it. Be interested in yourself, man. Say, like, is that so hard? Yes, it is. When you, it is kind of hard if you don't find it interesting. Other people, how, they're not gonna find it if you don't even find it interesting. Um, sleep apnea, really quick. I have not been using my CPAP since in a couple of weeks. I just kind of stopped using it like a month or two ago because it's like super uncomfortable. And I just was like, is it really doing anything? Because I felt so bad either way. But then I found out that it was necessary. It wasn't just in my head. This whole sleep apnea thing, it wasn't just like a 1% pro, like a white person, like a Like a form of white privilege that I was just like, "Eh, maybe I've sleep. Oh, maybe it can't. No, it was I actually have it. I actually should be using that device that I that costs a lot of like I should be using it because I used it last night, and I woke up feeling way better than I normally would. No headache. I actually was able to just to get out of bed without as much effort. The fatigue. Way better just from using it one night. So that's just a little reminder that I needed that it wasn't just in my head. The sleep apnea thing, yeah, that's it wasn't just in my head. It was that's for real. I have to actually take that seriously. And I want to get my weight down even more because my tonsils, that's the problem. It's not because I'm fat. It's not because I'm fat. It's because of my tonsils. I got these big-ass tonsils, so maybe I'll get them removed at some point, but that's another financial expenditure. And I could talk about finance for a long time. But we're trying Jesus. <clears throat> but anyway, I have to focus on the positive. At least I'm making progress on, like, figuring out what's wrong with me. Like, I figured out the ADHD. figured out sleep apnea, binge eating, alcoholism all these like d- destructive things that I've been doing and the introversion, like the, uh, the lack of, so I also, I'm also pretty sad and like frustrated and like in pain, like for the fact that I'm not doing much comedy. Cause of course I love comedy. I love doing it. There's nothing better in the world than to be doing comedy. But I keep having this problem of like, I don't even know what to call myself. I'm how am I going to do comedy if I have such lack of such little confidence that I don't even like my own name? I don't like the Timmy Gusto stage name. It's too heavy, it's too prickly. It's too uh fake. I don't like it, but I'm I still want to do it sometimes as that character maybe because I think it's funny to do that that character. Uh, but I haven't been doing him in a while because I haven't been up to it. My, I, it, that little part of my brain hasn't come out because I haven't been mentally well enough. And that's sad. That's sad because people want more of him. People want more of that Tony Clifton replica that I, you know, you know. I got to be feeling good before I could exercise myself as a creative vehicle, before I could get into the car. I need to be feeling good, man, to a certain baseline level. You know, dopamine is part of it, but not all of it, because sleep apnea, you can't just cure that with more drugs. The only cure for that is to open up your airway. So it's more complicated than just oh i just need more stimulants no that was not solving the issue yeah that, that's just a band-aid i still probably need i still need say hey, i'm holding a stimulant right here coffee man I, I, didn't it. I didn't even drink it because i don't like dead hair anyway but yeah so it's complicated i'm making progress though i that's a great feeling just to be just to know that okay that's something that helps Using the damn CPAP. It wasn't a waste of money. Because that's another thing. It's like, oh, was it really worth the money? And getting it diagnosed is is expensive. And like, yeah, it turns out it was worth the money. <laughs> so I'm going to keep using it as uncomfortable as it is. Because the, the worst thing about it is that sometimes I'll drool into the damn thing. And then it's like, ugh. So I just have to take it off. And of course I'm not going to get out of bed and wash it out. I'm just going to go right back to sleep. And not use it for the rest of the night. But I have to. It's necessary. Darth Vader couldn't just take off his mask. So I need that to be at my best. And then Timmy Gusto will also be at his best. Timmy Gusto is just a little version of me. It's not all I am. I'm way more... more, I have more to give than just him. He's one little character. He's just a stage name. Anyway... I would be, so that's another thing. I just it's like d- come on. I want to be doing comedy. And then another thing is, it's gotta be worth going. Like there's this open mic that I have that I would have to be at. Like right now, I'm already too late for it. <laughs> Unfortunately, I am kind of in the mood, but like it's also a drive. So I gotta f- compete. I gotta have the the hood spot the strength to get in my car. Drive like 20, 15 miles in Friday night traffic just for an open mic where I'm probably not even gonna get a good, like, I'm gonna go towards the end if it's even still go. Like, that's really like stressful, man. That's really like, like, not for, like, not satisfying. It's like, okay, I drove 15 miles. Let's do three minutes in front of two people. Sometimes it's worth it. But you gotta really be purposeful in these endeavors you can't just be like okay yeah this is gonna so, like you have to be looking at the long term prize you gotta be like okay I'm doing this so I could get in the, so I could get a good bit going get my set together so I could do shows and like I haven't even been thinking about doing shows at all like I want to, but I just know that I can't because of the same reason I, if I can't even do open mics I could do shows I would rather. Of course, I'd much rather do shows because then they're waiting for me. Then they actually want me to come. And an open mic, it's so bruising on your ego. Oh, it's brutal. It's And then I suck because I, my ego is so beaten up. Of course, I'm going to suck. You got to be in a good mood, man. Uh, I have to be in a good mood. I can't just be funny in a bad mood. It's impossible. I know that as a professional, sometimes you have to. But I don't. I'm not a professional for that. Probably that's. I would suck. I can't. I can't. I, I'm not. A pro, I'm not that good at that type of thing, man. Like, but anyway, that's what they say. But anyway, I'm not i I'm barely a comic, and that hurts my soul. It hurts my soul to not be doing what I love. I. Sucks. So, uh, and I am kind of in the mood to do it right now, but I can't do it right now. I have to get a car for twenty minutes, twenty minutes, and then I'll be, you know, cranky, and then I'll and then I'll be. Like, well, this is it. This is what I came here. I, this is what I drove all the way in town for, and had to wrestle with all this horrible traffic, and then just go home for 15... The the drive home is the worst part. After driving into town and doing bad at comedy, having a bad night at comedy. The drive home is the worst part because then you know you're not going to have anything to look forward to when you get home. There's nothing here to look, to raise my spirits. Like, okay, it's relaxing. Oh, I'll, I'll, you know, that it's relaxing and I can eat, eat food and like ugh, ugh, eat away the shame. But that feeling of pulling into my garage and just being like, I don't even want to get out of my car. I don't even want to, this is just, I'm just going to sit here for about, I'm just going to sit here and just sit in the negativity. It's just this, this feeling of it's like horrible. Like, ugh, this is horrible. This is awful. But I think good things come out of struggle. And right now, yes, it's a struggle, but I'm making progress one day at a time, one podcast at a time. Ugh. ugh. And there's another, I don't even want to bring up another thing. I don't even want to bring up Another thing that I'm anxious about. Let's not even bring that up. Oh, man. But anyway, Timmy Gustav will rise again. He's not dead yet. He's not dead. And uh, he will continue to exist. I will continue to exist and do this podcast.